A podcast network. If you put a Mormon and a Meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. So have you ever been heckled in real life? By like my parents? Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, are you talking about my childhood? No, I mean uh like a com like a, a, a an audience member. They that didn't heckle you on stage, like while you were on stage, but they waited for you to get off stage and then they just followed you around after the show <laughs> telling you how much you sucked. No, like I don't j- take corporate gigs. <laughs> uh it was like, you know, when, when Jerry Seinfeld uh, joked about like, oh, what if I came to your job and followed you around and told you you sucked at your yeah. job? It was like that, but still the comedian was the one getting heckled and it sucked. Uh, I did this corporate gig and it was a Christmas party gig. I always say that I'm not going to take, I'm like, yeah, corporate gigs suck. They suck. I don't want to take them anymore. And I don't even have, like, I'm not even tr- advertising for them anymore. I don't. Uh, I quit gig masters at, uh, <laughs> after they wouldn't get me help me get my other money from that yeah. last gig that I complained about. Didn't the guy follow you around at that one too? Uh, that was a dude trying to yeah that dude like followed me to the elevator to give me some advice about <laughs> about comedy. Uh, he was uh, at least like trying to be nice, you know. I don't know, like he. Uh, this this dude that I'm gonna talk about tonight was like 100% just trying to antagonize me and be an asshole, uh, but I don't I don't have gig masters I don't even have a website I haven't had a website <laughs> in I don't know how long. Tabitha was a bitch and wouldn't just fucking renew my fucking website because we bought she she had a website before like when we were married she she had a website and uh so she had like a GoDaddy account so then when i made my website we just used her GoDaddy account to buy my domain and then every year uh since we've been divorced like i just pay her like the 12 dollars or 14 dollars or whatever it is every year and she complains about how she doesn't want to have to renew it and then i say uh, you know well it's just like a button that you click <laughs> like they send they send you a fucking email and then you click a button and uh, it will fuck up my life if you don't do it. And then this year she was just like, uh, so I'm uh, going to let it expire. Yeah. And I was like, fucking. She's whatever. like that fucking up your life thing yeah. is kind of my thing. It's my thing. It's what I like to do. <laughs> and so then, of course, the second that it expired, GoDaddy wouldn't let me buy it right. But like it wouldn't let me buy it right back. It was already sold to some Chinese thing. Like if you go to AaronWoodall.com, yeah. it's just it's something in Chinese. I don't know what Aaron Woodall translates to <laughs> in Mandarin. <laughs> I can't tell from the context on the website, but I couldn't get it. And then I was just depressed all, you know, year. I don't know. All summer. This all happened. This- it was just, and I just didn't want to get around to it. So, like, there's no way people can book me for anything. But I did uh, get—I don't even know how. It was someone two years ago. I did a corporate Christmas party that was like miraculously good. It was like a great group of people that were having fun and loved all my stuff. And I was doing dark stuff, divorce stuff, and they just loved it. They ate it up. It was great. 
there was a guy there at that party who was like married to someone in that company, but worked somewhere else. And he was like, Hey guys, uh, you guys should book the one that my wife's company had two years ago. So that's how I get this gig. I need money. I say yes. Okay. And I don't know how much money I need to make in order to not feel gross, like in order to not feel used or abused or just feel, I don't know how much money I need to make to feel good after a corporate show, but I have not made that amount yet. Like whatever it is, I'm not, it's not, it's not a thousand dollars. I'll tell you, it's not 1000. Uh, it's, I, uh, I'm sure there's a number out there that I would just, I will gladly eat shit for an hour if you hand me this check, but, um, it's, it's not 1000. You still, you still feel pretty shitty after 1000. Anyway, this wasn't even that bad. I did, I did fine. Like it started out really well and they, I told them, you know, let's do 30 minutes and they were like, okay, but can you do 45? And I was like, yeah, I can do 45. I can do an hour. I can do two hours. They won't want me like a corporate Christmas party telling you 30 minutes. That's perfect. Because uh, it's like the end of the night and yeah. I'm, the, I'm the last thing before the raffle. People are like ready to get their prizes and, and go, you know, and they were like, all right, we'll do 30 for sure. But can you like make a judgment call if they're liking it? Can you do 45 and then we'll pay you extra? And I was like, sure. And, you know, I'm hoping that like if it does go well, then I get extra money. OK, so. It's fine. It's a good. It's, it's. I would even say good. And thirty minutes. It's going so good that I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do forty five. And it was like good for five more minutes. And then after that, it was like, pfft, it was sucky. It was like the energy just died. And I knew that like, okay, they're they're tired. They're done. And I kind of got flustered at the end, uh, and was trying. To, and then like, the closer that I picked got a la- got. It was a good laugh, but it was. I felt like. Uh, I don't know. It was maybe a controversial joke. Anyway, I walked off stage. You know, when you don't close well, you feel, uh, I don't know. I probably closed fine. I probably, it was all fine. But still, I walked off stage kind of insecure, like kind of like, uh, uh, whatever. Nothing like the Dynamite show, though. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, like this was way better. This was way, way, way better. Although the Dynamite thing was fucking fun how bad how much they didn't (laughs) like it you know and i could just i was very proud of my performance then right uh i walk off stage and i go out to the lobby and i'm just like sitting down and some people come up and talk i'm like hey man that was great hey man that was great good and then there's uh this big old fat fuck looks like (laughs) he looks like if drew carey managed a hot topic and uh like sexually harassed all his teenage employees. That's the the look of this dude. And he's like, "Hey man, I I hate to I hate to to say I hate to do this, but you know I gotta I gotta tell I gotta say it." And I was like, "You don't. You do not have to. Please don't say it." And he's like, "You." He didn't listen to me. He was like, "You suck. <laughs> you suck." And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm just like, got a smile on my face. Like, okay, man. All right. He's like, no, but really, you really suck, dude. You really suck. And then he just said that for I don't know how many more minutes. But that's all. He he just kept telling me in different ways about how bad I was. And, like, first the other people that are there are, like, laughing awkwardly. But then it gets – he makes it very clear that he's not joking, that he's being serious. He just keeps going on. And then everyone starts to feel awkward, and then they just leave. They all just leave except for him. He's still there, and he's still telling me that I suck. 
and uh, I'm getting less polite, you know, getting uh, a little bit more frustrated. And I am in this, this thing lately, you know, of self-love and standing up for myself. And I'm like, I'm not going to take shit from this guy. I'm going to tell him what's up. But I haven't been paid yet. I want to get, I want to get my money first, right? This is a, a, important to keep in mind. I feel like I cannot, uh, you know fight this man until I get, <laughs> until I get a check in my hand. Uh, but, uh, he's like pushing me, uh, not physically, no, but like, he's, he's like, tr he's needling me, you know, he's like, he's like, so how long have you been doing this? And I'm like nine fucking years, man. This has been paying my bills for the last, I don't know how many years. I don't have another job than this. I don't have to, I don't have to drive a truck for a roofing supply company. I just tell jokes. Uh, I'm one of Conan O'Brien's comics to watch from the 2018 yeah. New York comedy festival. Uh, I've got a hit podcast. You can suck my dick. And I, like, I'm getting more and more frustrated with him. And then like, I, I try to reason with him at one point. And I'm like, dude, lit, can you imagine if you, fin if you just finished a shift and then uh, somebody, and he's like, and he cuts me off. He's like, no, you're not going to make me, you're not, nothing you can say is going to make me feel bad about saying this because you suck. You suck. And I was Ugh. like, if someone who didn't know anything about your job, he's like, no, no, I know. I know about your job. I was like, you don't know anything about my job. He's like, oh, I watch Carlin. I, I watch, <laughs> I watch comedy. And I was like, you don't know a fucking thing, man. And then I, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, a dude, uh, the dude who got me the gig came up. The dude, uh, and he was like, hey, man. And I was like, oh, thank God someone else is here. And I, and it's also someone who likes me, and I can shove it in this guy's face, you know? And he's like, oh, oh man, you were so great. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for giving me this gig. And then drunk dude is like, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault I had to listen to this shit all night. Oh, my God. My ears were bleeding. This shit was so oh God, bad. It was so bad. Die. And the, yeah, well, <laughs> this, the, the nice guy was like, uh immediately said hey man you don't have to drive home tonight do you <laughs> like that's his immediate response and i said i hope he does <laughs> a nice guy who hasn't been there for any of like the bullshit that this dude's been putting me through has a look of shock on his face like what a mean thing to say and i was like yeah, I'm, yeah it was supposed to be mean and then the the drunk dude is like uh, he, he was just ready to play ball. You know, he was, he was like, he was like, I said, I hope that he does have to drive. And drunk dude was like, me too. Me too, man. Best thing could happen to me. Best thing could happen to me. 80 miles an hour across the median into a pole. Best thing that could happen to me. So now it's like clear that this isn't just a drunk person, but like a drunk, broken, sad person. And, you know, maybe it's uh, that that explains why he's so hateful. And maybe I could he hates take himself. It. Yeah. He's doing that in your reflection. Yeah. So I could just, you know, uh, you know, let it go. But what I said was, <laughs> you know, because he like doubled down on me like uh, like, you know, so I just triple down. Right. So I said, uh, I said, uh, I hope he drives home. He said, it's the best thing that could happen to me. Best thing. 80 miles an hour into a pole. Best thing. And I said, probably the best thing that could happen for your kids as well. And, uh, yeah. Pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know if he had kids. I did. I just take in a, a, a guess and pff, I've, I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. <laughs> 
He is mad. And, uh, but, uh, I, I walked away from him a little bit after that. He kept like, he didn't, that didn't slow him down at all. Like he just, he didn't like, anyway, he was just still saying the same shit. You suck. You suck. And, uh, I think I tried to talk to him like, oh yeah, the nice guy leaves. I'm still fucking talking. I'm like walking around the lobby and the guy's following me. And I finally tell him like to leave me the fuck alone. Uh, I said, you're, you listen, you're way out of line. Maybe one day you're going to be sober enough to realize how out of line you were tonight. But for right now, we're done talking. I'm not going to talk to you anymore tonight. And then he was like, you need a cranberry juice, man. You would be on your period or something, man. That's uh, not how periods You get some cranberry juice. And then I told him to get fucked. I was like, you know, hey, get fucked. Which uh-huh. is an Aaron Woodall line, by the way, that I get credited with. Thank you. I mean, it's a Kelly K- Cahill. Yeah, well, she Kelly Cahill said, get serious. That's what she... Well, actually, she stole it from Carrie O'Brien, but it's just Kelly was way cooler, were more popular. She had more sway. So, like, no one gave a shit when Carrie said it, but when Kelly said it, everyone started saying it. But then as I grew up, uh, you know, changed get serious to get fucked. So I uh, got a much better... Uh, and it's more emphatic, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then, uh, yeah, Jessa, it's, it's catchy. Jessa loved it. Yeah. Adopted it uh, as her own. And, uh, and yeah, now the, the thank you for that aside. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, then I, uh, I go, I, I go back into the main room, wait for them to finish the raffle and, uh, talk to them. Like more people come up to me, tell me that I did do a good job. You know, they're like, Oh my God, you were so great. I love this. I love that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm feeling better. You know, I get paid. And then this dude walks in, he's going back to the bar, uh, which seems like a bad move. And, uh, <laughs> good for his kids though. Yeah. And he starts, and he starts yelling. He's like, you know, not across the room, but he's like 15 God. feet away from me. And he's like, somebody get this guy cranberry juice. He's on his period. And I was like, somebody I'm really get- confused. Does he think a period is a UTI? Uh, I don't know. I think he's probably just seen the departed. They say <laughs> uh, the, the, in the departed, there's a scene because, uh, Leo's drink, he's drinking a cranberry juice. Oh. And the guy says, uh, what are you on your period or something? Mm. Uh, it's a natural it. diuretic. My girlfriend drinks it when she's on a period. Oh, shit. and, uh, well, I mean, that's just what, uh, I mean, it's probably dialogue written by a man, you know, <laughs> they don't, they haven't, they didn't fact check it. Martin Scorsese didn't pass that along to a, a woman to ask her opinion on it. Uh, remember when he made yeah. good movies? Yeah. Anyway, it's a great, it's a funny scene though. It's great. Uh, cause then, you know, he beats the, he, he, he punched the guy. Yeah. And then the other guy, Frenchie comes up, you know, and he's like, look, there's guys you can hit. There's guys you can't hit that guy. He's almost a guy. Anyway, it's a whole. Th- it's a great scene. It's a great scene, but uh, that's probably where the guy gets it from because I don't think he he has a girlfriend. Uh, and uh, anyway, I just never wanted to fight somebody, so I was really ready to fight him. I really wanted. I sat on the hood of my car in the parking lot for like 15 minutes just on my phone just to see if he would come out just to see if I could try to fight him in the parking lot. It was so rude and so demeaning and so, so incredibly mean. I just couldn't believe that you would ever just like feel like you were entitled to treat another person like that. Uh, it's just like I've, I've been, uh, served by people or I've seen people at their jobs that sucked 
And I've never thought to myself, I should tell them and let them know how bad they are at their job. Yeah. I need to I need to tell them that they are bad and I need to make them feel bad. And uh, people just think that uh, it's okay to do for comics. Well, like I came to your fucking Christmas party and shared some of the like made you guys laugh, all this stuff. I just uh <sighs> I'm fucking sick of being a comedian, I think. I think I'm sick of it. It just sucks. I don't like it anymore. Uh, we were feeling into it again after Denver and Salt Lake, right? Yeah, all it takes is a good show. Yeah. <laughs> One good show, and then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. What did I say? I said comedy is a fuckboy. Comedy is a fuckboy that is only nice to you. When he knows he can sense that you're about to dump him, like you're about yeah. to leave him, you're not coming back this time, and then then he's then he's like suddenly really super sweet, and I was like so done with comedy, and then I, we had that good weekend. We did the show in Denver was, it's been so long since we've recorded something together. Yeah, it was like, uh, are we over a month right now, or exactly a month? No, oh, we're no, exactly wait, we two didn't months. Record. We recorded Shit. we recorded the very beginning of October right before we went to Big Sky in that hotel in Salt Lake. Remember? Yeah. And those uh, uh like that's when we recorded uh the the suicide episode that just came out like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh so um and then oh, that shit. was that and was the last time we recorded in November. A new, yeah. Oh my god. Mm hmm. So uh, it's been a lot to catch up on, man. A lot to catch up on. The Denver show was great. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. You guys that, were amazing. Thank you. Uh, it was really fun. And then, uh, the salt, we got gifts at the Denver show. Somebody made me, uh, a, like a pipe cleaner for my, like, pipes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made me Marijuana owl. pipe. It's hanging right Oh, there. yeah, the owl pendant. Uh, really nice. And uh, then we drove back to Salt Lake and we did a show the next night in Salt Lake City at Wise Guys. And holy shit, you guys. Holy shit. We couldn't. that The Wise Guys Club in Salt Lake is big. It's really big. And they keep adding more sections to it because, you know, they have big name people that come through there and sell out. And uh, we weren't expecting to sell out. But we almost literally sold every single seat in this yeah. gigantic ass club, uh, and we couldn't believe it. And and Jess and I performed together, uh, and it was the best maybe we've ever done together. It was really really good. And then like so many people hung out and talked afterwards. It was a really good show. It was a lot of fun. I can't believe how many, like, the endless stream of fans we have in Salt Lake. Cause it's yeah, you think people. we're going to run out. Like, we keep coming back there, and I'm like, uh, this will be the show that no one shows up for. And then there's... Just fucking uh, more. Yeah, and it's great, because we just get to keep telling the same jokes. We don't have to worry about... You don't have to get any better. I mean, the whole reason we were like, we have to perform together this time. Because uh, we do that. Uh, we, uh, we did that a bunch this year in different cities. Yeah. We tried it out. But we're like, we have to perform in Salt Lake because we've already performed there separately too many times. Like, no one wants to see the same show. And then I feel like... Uh, do, we didn't even have that many returning fans. Yeah. It seemed like mostly mostly new people, which was pretty tight. Then we we went to a karaoke place afterwards, and do you remember that girl 
that knew where I lived. Yeah. Yet. She it was seemed like she was flirting for a second with you and then she was like, "So what happened to your guys's relationship?" <laughs> We're like <laughs> Well, so the thing was we we went to a bar kind of far away from the club. It was where our friends yeah. were uh celebrating a birthday and so we were going to come and uh watch uh, them butcher bare naked ladies uh, <laughs> uh then th- there was just happened to be some people there that were also at wise guys that night and they this drunk girl was like i told you he would be here because he lives here and she comes up to me she's like you live you live uh in the uh next to dick and dixie's right and I was like, uh, yeah, that's on my block. Well, how do you know that? And she was like, just, I see the stuff you post on Instagram. And I was like, I bet he lives right there. And I told him that he would, you would be, that you'd come here. Cause you live, you live right over there. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, we're, uh, uh, we're neighbors. I live, I live right next to Dick and Dixie's. And I was like, oh, really? Where do you live? And then she gave me her address and it is not. <laughs> I kept trying to explain to her. I was like, that's not on the same street. I don't know why you think we're neighbors. But anyway, it was Salt Lake was really, it was a fun night that we'll cherish forever. That we'll always remember. And other stuff to catch up on. Oh my God. I would love to talk about the, uh, the episode that we did about, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle and, and trans people. Fucking holy shit. We, I was worried about, I mean, we were both were worried about that episode because we're talking about the, the trans experience. So we don't have any, uh, real business talking about, you know, we have no experience in it and it's like a sensitive issue and I was worried about saying the wrong thing or being, or, or being wrong in some, in some way. Uh, and not once did it ever cross my mind that we would upset people by, uh, trashing, Bill Burr's special. <laughs> yeah, the, pe- the people that really came out of the woodwork to protect. First of all, where did we get so many fans that uh, can't handle anything even slightly, cr- like anything with the slightest empathy or compassion for a marginalized group? And somehow we have these, is it is it the bro collective that I collect from some of these podcasts? Like what is... Uh, people calling us SJWs like they're insulting us. It's really interesting to me that we barely. Yeah, man, we got uh, one star reviews because of it. People saying I'm quitting this podcast because of it. Like I'm done. They're d- I'm done listening to them. Uh, and Go never... fucking watch the net. Yeah. It's like. What? Uh, yeah, we got like, look, I saw so like so, we get. I was so surprised. I was so surprised. Um, and, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I would just like to say, um, suck my dick. (laughs) Like people, there, I saw people saying that like, uh, I, I trashed Dave or, uh, and I'm like, I don't think that you listened to, I, I feel like I spent a lot of time praising Dave. Um, and then I, we also spent a lot of time talking about the, the difference between canceling an artist and cr- 
critiquing one thing, one piece of art that that artist made. Like even like, uh, so with the whole thing with Dave, like I love Dave so much. And I feel like we talked about that a lot and I loved uh, everything that he had done. And like the whole, that episode exists because I love Dave because we had recorded the beginning piece where I'm just like, what did trans people ever do? Like that was just the start of an episode. I think like the one where you told like the Ukrainian story or something. Yeah. And afterwards when we finished the special and we loved it, I was like, we cannot, I do not want to publish that and just leave that out there. Like, uh, it, and like the, that sticks and stones was bad because it wasn't, it was just this one joke. So let's record more. Let's record more so that we can, you know, give Dave his fair shake and say, this joke was bad, but all these other ones were good, you know? And that's, that was the whole point of that. Uh, so definitely wasn't trashing Dave. We, I am specifically trashing that joke because it is hack because it was bad because, and on top of that, it, uh, it further perpetuated untrue stereotypes in my opinion about a marginalized group of people. So I don't know what that, the, 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 joke, I don't think needs to exist. Right. Like if you're going to hurt people, at least make it funnier. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't funny enough. Right. Like, like I'm okay spent... with offensive jokes, but they're funny. And that just was like a premise that we've heard, uh, bad comedians do already. And like, that's what we're criticizing. But then we spent a whole bunch of time praising Dave and talking about the jokes that were good and talking about how his whole career is great and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you uh, can't handle this. Like you said, it's just like we're criticizing this one thing and uh, it's a whole big deal. I feel like people have been, there's two sides. You have the, the, the quote unquote SJWs and then you have the people who feel like they are being persecuted by the SJWs and now it's to the point where saying anything even remotely understanding or empathetic of a marginalized community and you get thrown into this SJW thing but the one star reviews and the people who were very triggered by that which by the way snowflakes by far more triggered than anyone else that would have a reason to take issue with that episode um, they're triggered by the empathy, by the desire to be inclusive. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, now they're SJWs. And it's like, oh, like this isn't like a new stance that we've ever taken before. Yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know. I feel like they don't hear the empathy. I feel like I, I, if you heard what we, what I was trying to say or what we were trying to say. Yeah. I don't think they hear it as empathy. I think they hear it as an attack, mm. which I guess is not that different than. I feel like it, I thought it was one of our trademark, like hallmark, uh, conversations where we take it, where in throughout this podcast, we've taken difficult subjects and talked them through and acknowledged both sides where they were right and criticized both sides where they were wrong. And we're just like, you know, I thought that it was like, a, you know, we do like, I thought it was a nuanced conversation where we were talking like, uh, even bills who, uh, who I had nothing good to say about paper tiger and people told me I should finish it and maybe I should. Uh, uh, so, you know, but I, I still have it I don't care. Uh, I still said, I've seen other specials from Bill that were so good. I wanted to quit comedy because I was like, I'll never do anything like this. Like, and I, that's, 
not an SJW take. Like uh, we uh, in that same podcast, we were criticizing the people who were calling for their cancellation. And we were like, that's dumb. And we talked about the, you know, the... That was honestly the thing I thought we were going to get shit for, which I guess really isn't our audience. But I thought we were really standing up against most of the comedian collective, which was the entire thing was garbage and everything that Chappelle said. We really only took issue with one joke and the rest of it, we were like, eh, this is kind of walking the line, but the joke's good. You know, so I thought we were taking a very nuanced stance also. But then there was a weird thing like that. Why are you guys talking about this? It's like, well, okay, first of all, it's our podcast. We'll talk about whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Um, You are free to not listen to it. Sometimes I feel like, do people know that you're not obligated to listen to this podcast? This is something I run into with the other one. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Is there a place where you're being held against your will and people are pumping my bullshit into your face like this is you can just turn it off you can avert your eyes but there was something very triggered it must just be because they feel yeah but we, we, we get we got multiple of those comments like why are you even talking about this yeah like question of like who the fuck are you yeah it's like comedians well, yeah actually. we're we're comedians so uh we probably care about their specials a lot more than you do uh we like i talk about comedy constantly and we've talked about it on this podcast a bunch i love analyzing comedy i think that it's wor- worth analyzing i don't like the the it's just jokes uh thing because it's like it's not for me it's a lot like the jokes jokes are meaningful and uh i would never sell our art form short like that by saying well they're just jokes like i think they're every every joke's worth some analysis and we can talk about it and like uh yeah, it just seemed it seemed it, that 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 shocked me that people were like, uh, "Why are you even talking about?" It? But then, then like specifically, they were like, "If you don't like it, why are you talking about it?" Like you could just like what you just said. They're like, uh, "You could just uh, not say anything," and I was like, "Okay, first of all, same, you know, like, you know, like right." But funny you should mention that. But um, it reminded me of how like. Uh, Mormons would talk to me or other progressive Mormons when they everyone had a, a valid complaint about the church, a criticism or an idea to a suggestion to make it better. There would be people that would be like, hey, why don't you just leave? Huh? Like, why, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just get out of here? Like, why don't you, you know, they just didn't want to hear anything bad when you're just like, no, 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 no. I love the church. I want to stay. I like it. I think this is good and that is good and this is good and that is good. I'm just saying this, this one thing could be a little bit better. Get out. Get the fuck out. Why don't you get the fuck out? That's what uh, all those comments reminded me of. Where it's just like, uh, oh, you you have uh, a suggestion. Why don't you just. Yeah. And it's also and I. I think if you're not a comedian, maybe it's different, but like our entire social media feeds were nothing but commentary on the Chappelle special for that's like what triggered the conversation. Yeah. Our whole, like our feeds are full and of granted, we, we released it late. Like everything that we, like we never yeah. release anything, uh, while it's topical. Uh, so that's, you know, but like at the time when we first recorded it and when we recorded the second thing, uh, it was, 
it was what a big was fucking deal. Yeah. yeah, everybody was talking about it, and we wanted to, you know, I I thought we were defending, yeah, Bill same. and Dave, same. more Dave than Bill, obviously, but still, I felt like we were uh, standing up for them and saying, like, yeah, this was bad, but. It was oh, funny. That's, that's someone a... said that the one of the reviews said it has finally died. Like this was it. This was the end of the podcast for them. That was, was because it. We talked about the podcast has become a weekly update on Jess's psychosis and Aaron criticizing whatever. I think it was Bill Burr just proves. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. They're like two of my favorite comedians, by the way. I mean, I, I'm not big, I've never been like a huge Burr fan, but like I've his famous stuff, like I've yeah, and that the one special that I talked about, the the epic, epic, it's Philly, right? I think it's I'm pretty sure it's Philly. Yeah, I've the seen Philly the Philly rant. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean like uh, been, and then I'm like Dave Chappelle since I was uh you know in high school, one of the first comedians I had his album like, and I remember. Anyway, those are some of my favorite, favorite comedians. And uh, I was bummed that everybody took everything we said so seriously. Uh, so I think it's only fair that, you know, we take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and in the podcast. That's it. We're done. It's dead. It's over. And, uh, yeah, this is goodbye. Well, um, this is episode number 96. No, that's not right. Episode ni- 97. 90, sure. 97, 98, 99, 100. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're taking it to episode 100, and then this is it. It's over. You this guys the end. You guys win. You guys win. Uh, we're clearly uh, past our prime. This sounds too bitter. We're actually... All right, listen. Let's pause. I think we're sa- we're sad and we're just we're uh, making it sound like it's all anyway. We thought that that would be a funny transition. <laughs> we thought that this would be a fun like oh look well, that will tr-, you know and it's not it's not it doesn't actually sound funny. It sounds uh, uh, petty and weird, <laughs> but uh, uh, rest assured, uh, we're not canceling the podcast because of the Bill Burr reviews. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we thought we would pander to the one guy who wanted it. You know, but he's already he's bad. already not listening anymore. Yeah. He's already quit. Uh, would word get back to him though about how uh how powerful his review was? Then maybe he'll he'll listen. He probably won't get through the last ten minutes of us. Uh, as soon as I yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, this isn't going well, which is why we're canceling the podcast. We're not canceling it. It's just coming to an end. Uh, so yeah, let's talk. We're just yeah. We're serious, by the way. <laughs> I don't think it sounds yeah, serious. We're uh, floundering through this. Um, we had a story to tell, and we told it. Yeah. And it has been two years for us, almost exactly. We started recording the podcast in January of 2018. And uh, we did it. Uh, we... It was a story about us, and um, and we told it, and we live nine hundred miles away from each other. And did you uh, measure it? Well, I've driven it. <laughs> I put it in Google Maps. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we we have a couple of paths that have been diverging for a while, and um, 
So we're going to let that process finish out in 2020. And it, uh, Jessa brought up the episode number. She, cause she loves shit like that, but it's true. Our last episode is going to come out on December 31st and it, it is going to be like our 100th episode granted. Like, I don't really know if the numbers are that accurate, but let's, we'll just say that we're close to a hundred at least at the very least. Like some of the episodes though, are like, you know, Patreon episode, like when we're Patreon previews can't, I don't know, but we're still hundred episodes. Yeah. Uh, it seems and the end on the last day of 2019, and uh, it just seems uh, fitting. But it's a uh, we're both sad about it. But it's like one of these things where it's like, uh, you know, I'd like to apologize for everything that's been said on this episode up until now. <laughs> Jessa and I are are. I think the flip side of being so authentic and like, uh, and, and so good at, 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 at speaking our truth is that we are absolutely terrible at, at not saying what's on our mind. Right. Anytime that we've tried to, there's been like lots of episodes, like I don't, a funny example is how we were trying to do the end times episode. And I was like, I just have to talk about uh, fingers in my butt because that's what's <laughs> on my mind. And if we try to talk about something else, it'll come out bad. Anytime that we try to t- like hide what we're actually feeling, uh, the podcast sounds terrible and usually ends up getting cut. And, but I didn't want to cold open this episode with like, and it's over. <laughs> and we were like, let's just try to riff and tell some stories in the beginning. And I really feel like it sucked. But the plus side of that is that hopefully it, you guys were thinking this podcast sucks now. Like yeah. the whole, the whole, like the first it's 15 done. minutes, you're like, God, they used to be better. And then it hopefully it makes it feel better when we announce that it's over. God, the whole, my whole plan for this episode was like, let's be, let's present it, Jessa, in a happy, positive way. That way the fans won't be so sad that they'll be happy that, that we're happy. Uh, but we're, fuck it. Let's just be sad then. I, uh, well, I was starting to think like, maybe he's not sad. Maybe he's just super happy about it because, uh, something, the entire history of this podcast was if there was an elephant in the room, we had like the episode was about the elephant in the room because we learned early on, we can't fucking talk about anything if there's tension inside of us or tension between us. And, and, um, we've known since Salt Lake in November that this was coming. Um, I've had very few days where I haven't thought about this coming, you know, I've just been looking at my calendar like, Oh, it's fucking uh, two weeks. All right. I got one week left. Fuck. Um, yeah. So then when we're talking about, let's just make it sound fun. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll try. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'll just, I'll let you talk. Um, there's so much to say. I think the next two episodes and mm-hmm. the, and the Patreon episode coming out later tomorrow is going to have a lot in it, but no, the Patreon comes out today. 
Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The, I mean, we're recording. We're going to record right multiple now. Patreons uh, about it. I think and yeah. go into more depth and do more of the crying. But you know, yeah. It's our last chance to get to squeeze five bucks out of you, bitches. <laughs> so, you know, we got to hide a bunch of the crying and shit uh, behind a paywall. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, let's. We're going to recap, uh, you know, the next uh, across this month. There's going to we're going to have a lot of talking about the journeys that we were on. We want to compare like what we felt like at the beginning and the kind of people that we were two years ago with uh, where we are now. And we want to recap like our, our story as well. Like not just our own individual arcs, but like, uh, you know, me and Jessa together and what happened and want to talk about, you know, what it was like to have this podcast and the stuff, our favorite moments and memories. And, uh, we're going to spend, uh, I, I don't know, at least another 45 minutes just shitting on Bill Burr. <laughs> just, just a big old shit on his, on his balding red head. Just, uh, one of the worst to ever do it. William Burr, one of the absolute worst comedians <laughs> of all time. We're gonna call this episode uh fuck. <laughs> dude, dude, he was he ruined breaking bad. Fucking Can I talk about another narrative that because uh, I compulsively read reviews. I have gotten a lot better at not looking at YouTube comments, but I compulsively read reviews. God, my heart is breaking right now. Ow. Um, well then talk about that instead. No, I'm trying to, this one, I'm not going to cry. Um, another narrative in the, there, now this episode sucks already. We should just cry. We should just cry. Okay. Uh, it's, it's crazy how much I've changed, uh, in the course of this podcast. And, um, there's so many people starting the podcast now. And I saw a review recently where someone was like, you know, uh, this this podcast was funny for the first few episodes and then it's just Jessa talking to Aaron like she's his therapist and she's the one that's fucked up and for a second that stung and then I was like actually that's true <laughs> that's, a, that's a great assessment of early in the podcast you know I was pretty asleep but then she said uh, they should have kept it professional like this thing that they have going on they should have kept it professional and that one bothers me uh because i for me i can't speak for for you i think i i did a lot of assuming about where you were at but for me this podcast was about
I'm like, don't cry too long. You don't want to have to edit this episode. <laughs> I was just going to make that same joke. It was never professional. Uh, we may have kept what was happening between us private, uh, but this podcast came out in March and it it hadn't been professional since before it was being recorded. But uh, uh, I, uh, was super in love with you from from way before the first episode and um I think if people listen to 15 episodes and couldn't tell that that's uh a testament to my being out of touch with my feelings I don't know or just obliviousness but uh you know this was this was well I couldn't tell so. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, I'll never. Uh, I, I I still I don't know what's wrong with uh, with me or whatever. But like, uh, I never got why people felt betrayed <laughs> when they get when they when they got to the episode where they found out we were fucking and they were like there was a big like I don't know we, like we I intended it to we intended it to be kind of a shock like we, yeah. I, we at the at that time we liked that we were just like dropping it in there without we without assumed any... that everyone was suspecting and that we were just confirming uh-huh but and uh but yes it's a, it's a shock for people and it's like um I just never uh, understood why it mattered, like why that changed uh, the perception of the podcast, you know, because it was like, we're going to have the same conversations. Uh, I don't know. The. Uh... God, this episode still sucks. <laughs> well, that's a good title. <laughs> uh... Hmm. Anyway, I, uh, I don't like the, that you said it wasn't ever professional. We, 
we behaved very professional. This is a professionally no, made podcast. No, they're implying podcast. that we were making a podcast and then started fucking. Uh, they should have just kept it professional and. No, I don't, yeah, and you just want on the record that we were always fucking. Okay. Yeah. That uh, wasn't a pivot during the podcast. Well, uh, if you're talking about the like the exact the moment that we uh, rec- first recorded, then then yeah, but like uh, we hadn't fucked when we first started talking about the podcast and like the uh, the the idea for it and we started planning it and all that stuff, you know that. So anyway, uh, I was just I was just trying to joke about how I feel like you know, it was professional, <laughs> like we uh, worked hard at it, but it was also very personal. It was an incredibly personal podcast that uh, you don't get everywhere. It was a uh, a very vulnerable podcast a very intimate one that that looked inside of two people's hearts and minds and uh the story that we set out to tell was uh of us trading pieces right would you agree that we said here's two different people for, uh, that are on two different trajectories, right? The the bad girl who's gone good and the good boy who's breaking bad. And they're meeting in this in this weird intersection and uh they're gifting things to each other, you know. She's going to teach me how to be bad. <laughs> I was going to teach her how to be good. And uh uh that happened. You know. We uh, traded a lot of things and imparted a lot of stuff onto the other uh, person and changed uh, each other's lives, you know? I think, uh, and we were both, like, just individually going through huge upheavals in our own personal lives and we did it together and you know uh even though i mean dates and stuff didn't really quite add up emotionally we both uh we got divorced together like we both went through two different divorces together yeah uh and um you know a lot in our own lives changed uh and we did it all together and we did it all on this fucking podcast and uh it's uh wild it's like now looking back on it, i feel like it's like a reality show podcast right where we're we're giving like these intimate uh updates on our on our lives you know it's like we therapy uh session like that you got to like you know we let people sit in on right and we did all that and uh it was really good and difficult challenging um we love each other very much and uh i think that was always uh present you know that we always showed that but there was also a lot of uh pain because it was a transformative process and that necessitates the presence of pain and we were we cried a lot 
in the last two years and uh, it, separately and together. And we fought a lot in the last two years and uh, uh, laughed a lot and had a lot of fun and did everything that was great. And then I think that we just got to a point where we had traded all the pieces and like we had done everything that was uh, beneficial and that we were, we got to a point where then it was like, uh, where, I don't know, where being together wasn't as beneficial anymore that, uh, and like, you know, that's a good a sign as any that, uh, you know, it's time to, to wrap it up. And, uh, in one of our very first episodes, you talked about, uh, this idea of paths diverging that you're just on paths that are next to each other for a bit. And then they split apart and you go your separate ways. And that if you try to hang on and hold on to it after the paths are splitting apart, that, uh, that's bad that it's bad for both parties so eat your words jessa reed how's it feel been eating them for two years <laughs> uh but that's what i i i think about now like when i i i think about us i can see just paths that were uh in sync for a while and then uh moved apart you always thought that it would take three years, but we're fast workers. Yeah, I think it'll be maybe three years before I'm over it. Um, I do believe everything I said in that episode, although I've never gone back and listened to it, and I would be down for one of the last episodes that we do to be um, What is Love Part 2. But uh, it did really feel like because we recorded that episode in January and then we dropped it in March. And if I remember correctly, my first like real codependent activation, my first real like meltdown was within a week of that episode dropping. And uh, I feel like the universe as it does every time I talk big shit, like I've got something figured out and they're just like, well, you were actually just spent 10 years with someone you weren't in love with. <laughs> let's, uh, let's turn up the heat here. Um, and then I had to show my work, you know, and I had to, I had to heal that, those wounds and, uh, I, I healed those and we'll get into that. Uh, turns out after you heal the wounds though, the behavior is still there. Um, so I'm um, floundering through my new life with that. I also just, uh, I think we did, we loved each other so much that we did a lot of things. We did a lot of like self-betrayal, um, trying to make the other person, make the other person happy. And, uh, and then when we would suffer from the self-betrayal, 
we would like you know be mad at the other person I can look back to things that I've blamed you for that it's like I should have just been honest in the beginning like now like 2019 you know Mm -hmm. this version of me would be like hey uh I wouldn't because I would still get two years with you. So I would probably self-betray again, but I would self-awarely know like, hey, I'm in love. Like I'm in love with you. Like I'm all the way in love with you. I'm starting this podcast because I want to build something with you. And I'm assuming that you're doing it for the same reason, but this should probably be a conversation because I have an anxious attachment system and massive attachment trauma and uh, I'm going to turn into a horrible version of myself if I do this because I'm super in love with you and uh, if I was aware that's what I would have done but then i there's still a part no, of it's like, dumb, dumb to think about exactly because then I would have said uh, oh uh uh okay well uh maybe you should do that podcast with chad then uh and we would never have done any of this stuff you know no i Uh, would uh i'm saying if if uh moving forward right like and i i i agree that like now i have uh there was there's a lot of there was a lot of stuff that uh that i i did because i loved you and cared about you and just wanted to make you happy yeah that i didn't you know uh i was like oh okay you know i wasn't exactly down but i was like down for you so okay we'll do i'll try this and now i think yeah i've got something i've learned this last year's like stronger boundaries and and i and i see how i made things worse by not disagreeing and not like uh by because it you know you, uh, I gave you the wrong idea when I didn't just say no to certain things or whatever, right? So I, I, I agree that like now we're different people that we wouldn't, and that's. But that was the lesson. That was, I mean, the one we had to learn one yeah. of the lessons that we had to learn, and it's. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll go into more detail and all this next stuff that we're about to record, but we learned a lot. It was a huge transformative experience over the last two years for both of us. And uh, I mean, some of it sucked and some of it I'm mad about, you know, but uh, it's how else were we, how else was I going to learn it? Right? Like how else were we going to do it? And it's, uh, it's weird how uh, prescient we were. Is that the right word? The like we, the things that we said at the beginning that would happen. Yeah. That then that all happened. That we knew that all these things uh, would, in Book of Mormon parlance, come to pass. And and lo and behold, yea, verily, it, it, that shit came to pass. And, uh, uh, I want to, you know, before this is over, talk about all the things that we learned and the ways that we changed each other. I remember early on, early on, you were like, I want to do an episode about the things you've changed about me. 
And I was like, uh, this was like incredibly early on. Yeah. You were like, I really want to do this. And I felt like, no, I was like, uh, I don't, you're like, I have, you, you want to talk about how you hugged your daughter and she felt something. Yeah. Right. And like, and it was this whole big deal. And, but they, I felt like you were very disappointed in the stuff I brought to that episode where I was like, uh, you know, I'm more liberal with spending money, <laughs> you know, uh, I guess you could say you changed me on that. Right. But at that point in time, I didn't feel like uh, I had changed very much, right? And uh, now, I, f- I looking back, it's very—I don't go. I'm not going to go back and listen to any. I've never gone back and listened to any episodes uh, ever. Occasionally, occasionally, I'll listen to like that week's episode or something. Maybe you know. Of course, when we're editing it, I have to listen to it. Right. But then once it's out. It's, I don't ever go back to it. And I'm certainly, I don't see myself in anywhere in the near future going back and listening to early episodes. I have never once listened to the second episode, Jess is getting divorced. Uh, well, I know that's not true. I listened to the first half where you tell your divorce story and then yeah. I turned it off when it was going to get to, cause that's when I just cry and talk about Tabitha, you know? And I was like, I'll never listen to that one again, but still I'm rambling. The point is I, I'm way different now. Like I'm, I think I'm much different than that person. I, uh, and I've learned a lot and, uh, it just means a lot to me that we did it together that, you know, we, pushed each other and supported each other through all these uh, really tough things. And to go back to, to touch on the betrayal thing that we mentioned before, like how people felt betrayed. You don't have to explain it to me. I mean, like I really, I do understand why you guys have explained it before. One of the things that I heard a lot was like, you know, they say that they're friends. The song says that they're friends, they're friends. Uh, but they were fucking and I love the song and I love that it says that we're friends because I think, um, uh, you know, friends is more permanent and it's, uh, it's true. It was, it's been true the whole time. Uh, and, uh, we've always, uh, you know, like despite whatever, you know, changes our relationship took, we were always like going to be friends. Uh, like when this, you know, when the romantic stuff ended, uh, you know, we were still friends and I, uh, I, uh, You met me at a very strange time in my life. Um, that's from Fight Club, right? Oh, I have no idea. I was like, well, he's being... But no, it's true. I feel like you met me at a very strange time. And... Uh, it was a dark... I don't know. I just... You, uh, 
foolishly decided to love me and uh, at a time when I felt positively unlovable. Like there's just, you know, I don't even know what love is. Like, but I, like, I don't. No one loves me, you know. And uh, it was very difficult for me at times to have you love me. And I know that that was uh, that caused a lot of strife. But, uh, you know, now with perspective and stuff, I, I feel very grateful that you did it. Um, and it was just, uh, like true charity, you know. The gospel dictionary, Bible dictionary definition of charity, just true love. And uh, and uh, I uh, like, there's no way to to repay you or thank you or you know there's no I don't know you just uh, you taught me that I you that I was lovable you made me believe uh, that you made me love myself more you know you uh you gave me a lot and uh and it cost you a lot and the the the, the pieces that we traded like it's a, it's a it's it is love because um, they feel like they cost us something. Like it was, it's not like it felt like, uh, oh, here's like I feel like what I thought was like, oh, we we have these these extra pieces or like something like, and we each have pieces missing, right? And we'll just uh, you know, give I'll give you some of my surplus pieces or whatever, and you'll give me yours, and then we'll just be like totally whole or whatever right it seemed like it was gonna be so fun yeah and instead it was like uh building you up uh hurt me in a lot of ways like it it was like you know this i don't know you said self-betrayal earlier but like it was just like it was painful uh to uh fix each other the stuff that you gave me cost you a lot and uh, you endured a lot of pain to make me better.
better. And I think I did similarly um, for you. And uh, I think the the wounds that we suffered to help the other person caused resentment and anger on both sides, you know, where we like felt cheated or something or felt mad or just felt like you're just mad. But, uh, in hindsight now, it's just love. We just love the other person. And, uh, uh, through the course of losing my mind, um, in a, in a codependent nightmare. Uh, I feel like when I talk about the codependence, I'm taking, like, I'm diminishing how much I loved you. And it was like the codependent showed up to try to control uh, how my environment because of how much I loved you. And um, I have a lot of regrets, and a lot of them are in my shame and guilt of how out of control I was getting with just, I was triggered. I was just like, everything just became like a, like raw, just pain. And, uh, you jumped through a lot of hoops to try to make me feel better. And I blamed you. And a lot of the reason that I blamed you was I was so ashamed of how I was acting and, you know, I try to make it your problem. I pointed out things you did or whatever to like, I look back on that and I'm like, I really was just like, I was so ashamed of how I was being that I like needed you to know that like you did it or whatever. And now with perspective, you could have been a hundred percent in from day one. You could have been like, I'm completely in love with you and I want to be with you. And we would have had to deal with the crushing weight of what happens to me when I fall in love. Um, before this podcast, my relationship with trauma was just keep going, just keep moving. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel my feelings, but they were still there. And uh, getting close to me is extremely difficult. And it's never been easy. And I thought I was nailing it because I was in, I was married and, and didn't have any evidence of these problems. So I thought, well, these were, I was crazy when I was young, but I'm fine now. But the truth is, is I just wasn't in love with that person. I had a working relationship with him. I didn't have intimacy. We didn't have sex. You know, it came in for a soft landing because it was a business relationship. And uh, I loved you more than I've ever loved anyone
we're not editing this fucking podcast, so you guys are going to get to see how long these cry breaks have been the whole time, but we usually edit, edit them down. That's me say they're going to all crying too. No! <laughs> no! You felt like home to me, and I've expressed this to you before. I don't think I've ever expressed it on the podcast, but uh, I attributed it to like that you were really into magic in the beginning, you know? And so I was like, well, that must be why I feel so comfortable with him. But I'm like surrounded now. I've never been more home on this planet. I'm surrounded by people who speak the same language. That's another gift of this podcast. It's also another reason I don't want to do this podcast anymore as I feel like I am five annoyingly 5D as fuck and I don't know how to have regular conversations anymore and I, I'm like tuned into all of the ex-Mormons that that's triggering for and the people that don't want to listen to it and I'm sorry uh, but I am I found this home on this planet the things that I thought were going to happen are happening and, and I'm surrounded by people and that's not what it was I don't know what it was uh, but you were home and in a way that I've never felt home here. And, uh, I loved you s so much and it meant so much to me and it was so excruciating to have to have feelings to have to be afraid of you leaving to uh I was just uh the final episode that we are going to release was recorded 2 years ago and I listened to it during the breakup and we talk about how easy this relationship is do we <laughs> yeah you're like i've never experienced anything like this it's so easy <laughs> and now looking back with understanding my attachment system and what's really happening inside of me i was in so much pain already i was already in and it wasn't your fault it's just this is what this is what love is going to be for me until, you know, uh, I write over this disc one day with somebody who, you know, uh, is prepared to deal with this shit, you know, and, um, I wouldn't know. You don't think you'll be, be do you think you're better? I broke equipped? up with someone via text like four days ago. Nice. Because uh, you were afraid they were about to do it and you had to get to the door first or it, you know what it really so felt like uh habit. It was embar I mean we went I went like talked it out and was like sorry that's old behavior but yeah I got triggered and um I have a raging fear of intimacy. And, uh, I think a lot of what was happening was my fear of intimacy versus how much I loved you. And a lot of that Aubrey Plaza stuff, a lot of that stuff that got projected onto you was just, uh, I felt completely out of control with how much I loved you. I couldn't, 
you know, the love didn't, I still am completely in love with you. I don't, it didn't, I got healthier, but, uh, early on when I wasn't aware of my feelings or my attachment system or whatever, and all I knew about my life, I just was crushing it for, I thought I was crushing it. I was just kind of like asleep, but I, so so fucking arrogant at the beginning of that podcast but I was also just like trying to prove you know like make myself fucking so gross I will never listen to those episodes I've often thought we should just take this down it's so embarrassing the first episodes no you can't take those down I know we're not taking them down there are certain things we could take down like you know I I do consider taking down the Chappelle and Burr episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. It will, it will uh, when people not exactly classic uh, yeah. Mormon in the meth head. I'm sure there's like you know I feel like now that when you know now that it's over right, like we set out to tell this story. That's what we wanted the podcast to be, but it quickly became a job, and you had to have an episode out every week. There are plenty of episodes throughout the two year run that are like not necessary. Some of them are funny, and so, like, those can stay. But, like, yeah, I don't know what they are right now. But I bet there's, like, certain... I thought, like, you know, when we... Because I want this podcast to exist still. Like, it's not it's not like other podcasts where you're, like, where you're just listening to that week's episode. It's like, this is a whole story. Uh, we drove but like, Starburns crazy because they were like, this podcast isn't growing because you're making people slug through 50 episodes. And we're like, yeah, it's a story. They have to start at the beginning. I never understood that. I never understood uh, why you couldn't just sell ads for the first episode. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. They're like, uh, you know, but like new listeners, uh, you get new listeners, but they're not listening to the new episode. I'm like, yeah, they're listening to episode one. So, and they're like, look at these numbers that you have so many, uh, so many on episodes one through five, whatever. And then there's a drop off and then there's a draw. And I was like, yeah. So like, you're saying that people are listening to the first episode. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But yeah, they hated it. They didn't understand we were, uh, what we were doing. But, uh, I, anyway, I just think about like, I want this, this story will just continue to exist. It'll be out there for people to listen to. And I wonder if maybe we should trim, edit it, trim it down. some, yeah. like take some of that, but like, you don't have to, you don't have to listen to this, but then we won't have a hundred episodes anymore. And, uh, you know, I know you, you like that number. It's really good. Uh, anyway, that's tangible. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, oh, old episodes, how arrogant I was. Oh yeah. But that's like, can't like, cut those out. Cause that's the whole, no, I know the whole story. I just fantasize about, that. I just think like, oh, this is going to live forever and people are going to hear this, but I like it. I like, I like that we're messy. I like the, we, we change. This is my favorite thing about living on this planet is you can hate things about yourself and then you can just decide, I don't want to be like that anymore. And you can just get better. You could just heal and research and change. And you get to decide that you don't have to be like, I'm this, I hate this about myself. You can be like, I, Oh, I forgot. I was going to start doing a new segment on soberish where I talk about things I don't like about myself. And I forgot. But that sounds uh, kind of self-destructive. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you you told me that when you were like really sad, and I was like Jessa, <laughs> Jessa, like I'm doing this segment. Things, things I hate about myself. I'm like, isn't that already what your Twitter is? <laughs> 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 Do you, <laughs> you, 
leave that in the bathtub, please. This is when also... are you going to start recording soberish in a bathtub? Yeah, seriously. If you, if you could get like a like two giant bathtubs for you and your guest just sit in while you're recording, could I be cool. I've taken so many baths in preparation for this. Um, I kind of want to talk a little before we end, uh, like just where our paths are headed, you know, yeah. and what we're doing. Like you touched on it a little bit, right? So initially we were like, I don't know, you, you've heard in the last few months, uh, how we, how different we are from the, from the beginning, what we set out to talk about. And like Jessa had a while where she was like really going hard on 5d stuff. She pulled back since she started soberish, you know, cause she's doing that there. But like, that's, that's what Jessa wants to talk about now. You know, that's like this part of the past diverging. Like that's what she's super into and what she wants to do. And she's attracting, you know, people that want to do that. And, uh, I, it, you know, have been like trying to, to, to talk about more Mormon stuff, like forcing myself to talk about it because I haven't, I realized like we had stopped, you know? And yeah, there was a time in, uh, like the, 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 one of the initial purpose of this podcast was to help me process leaving the Mormon church. And I feel like I did it. And then, uh, like the, I went from like only wanting to talk about Mormon stuff to like, not really wanting to talk. I don't have anything to say about it anymore. I feel like I processed most of it. Like, I'm sure there's some stuff left, but like, in the beginning, we had an episode about how I um, I still called myself Mormon because I didn't like the ex-Mormon term, you know. And now I'm like I'm ex-Mormon, you know. Wow. I don't feel I don't feel Mormon at all anymore. I feel ex-Mormon, and I don't. Uh, I'm not even like angry ex-Mormon anymore. I'm just like past it, you know. And I the stuff that I've forgotten is crazy. Like in the beginning I'm like quoting scriptures and and stuff, at least, you know, better than I can now. And now I was like uh I have to like refresh my memory about Mormon history when we talk about certain things because I've just I don't know, filled my head with new memories since then, right? And so yeah, like our the things that we want to talk about are completely different than what you know, the, the description of our podcast says <laughs> when yeah. people read it and click on it, uh, it starts out like that, but it, you know, it changes. And I think that, uh, you know, that's part of our, our paths diverging. Right. Uh, and, uh, it's part of the beauty of what you did in my life. Um, uh, when I was young and I had the near-death experience, I think I was probably suicidal before that. I don't know. I was, I, did, I never would have quit meth. I just was like, life is bullshit. I feel gaslit by reality. I don't belong here. You know, I wasn't this like optimist that I am now. And the offer to come back and that the world was going to change and that I was going to get to be a part of it and that humanity was going to wake up and that, you know, I was, I was right. That sensation I had about reality was right. That's like what I came back for. And a lot of the life that I led in the, the 15 years, 20 years following 
was like fun. It was good. I don't know. Like I had, you know, I was fine, but, uh, I feel like I'm now I'm watching it happen. I'm watching, I'm, it's not even about a belief system. It gets less and less woo every day and more and more just like, oh, this is going to happen. I'm, I get to be a part of this. And what this podcast did, because I was never going to share that, like that was something that you encouraged me to share. It was something I was very embarrassed about and didn't want people to think I was nuts and whatever. I didn't want to put myself out there. And like, you're the reason that, you know, you're like, it's interesting. People just talk about it. And so the alien school episode that I did. And then what I ended up finding out was that there were a lot of people who've had the same experiences, who are seeing the same things. And it has increased so much since the summertime that, uh, I can't, I I can't even like manage it. Like I had to like hire someone to help me manage everything. And my life now is, uh, I think that this is something that's going to happen to pretty much everyone. And I get to take the resources that I have and the opportunities that I have. And I get to build something, building something, uh, an organization uh, that I think is just going to be funded by my own Patreon where I like I'll create content and then take the money uh, from the Patreon, some of the money from the Patreon and uh, use it to help provide services for people who can't afford them to help them process this awakening that they're going through. And for some people that awakening involves higher consciousness stuff. And for some people that awakening just involves realizing their trauma. And, uh, I've had a lot of mental health professionals come into my life, psychiatrists, psychologists, whatever they're awake, they're part of this movement. And, uh, so we're just, I'm putting together this website and I'm like, and I'll just make content and put it on Patreon and then I'll help fund people who don't have, who aren't privileged enough to be like, you know, I need to talk to a therapist that's awake that can help like guide me through my trauma or whatever. And, um, this is the kind of stuff I used to sit around and daydream about 20 years ago. And, uh, similarly to comedy, it's a, a, a dream I've given up on. Um, but all I wanted when I was 22 is I want to change the world. I want to change the way that people experience this reality. And I think it's happening. And I am, I get to, I get to experience it. And I don't think if I didn't have the duffel bag of feelings, I don't think I could do it. You know, I think that there was a lot of me hidden behind those feelings. I'm not, I'm an extremely sensitive person with a lot of feelings who is uh, very poetic in the way that she looks at life and, and thinks about things. And uh, I had to hide a ton of that to survive my life. And I hid it from myself. And this experience with you as much as uh, it fucking sucks. that it's over the process gave me
the parts of myself that I needed to do this for one and for two. I think this is something I used to say all the time and I know I've said it to you a thousand times, but I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, but throughout my life, the greatest strides I've ever made were on the back of a broken heart. Um, huge pivots, like powerful pivots in my life were because I was like trying to outrun some, you know, like I had some emotional loss in the back burning. And uh, I've spent the last couple of months as I felt this closing out and I've been mad that it's closing out. It felt like the more I healed, the further away you got. And it became obvious to me like, oh, okay, I'm going to heal. And then he's gone, right? And now I feel like I, uh, Part of me that's constantly writing some poetic fucking movie <laughs> it's like I you know I get it okay so uh I'll go do these things that I wanted to do for 20 years that I didn't think you know uh, dreams I had given up on and uh and uh This is the loss. I feel like I write pretty good stories, but this is uh this is a really good story. Uh, I have response to a bunch of stuff, but I think we gotta save it. I want, or we don't got it, but I want to save it. I want to say it later. Uh, but I still feel like uh, we're just—I don't know—scratching at things in this episode, and uh. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm happy when you talk about getting these things that you th dreamt about when you were 22. Uh, I also felt uh, a similar sentiment a couple of times where I, I, you know, 
felt like I could see the future and I thought, oh, you know, uh, when, uh, I think I, you know, I didn't use the same words. I express it differently. It was like, I'll, I'll, uh, appreciate Jessa when she's gone. Like I'll want Jessa when she's gone, when I'm finally ready, you know, she'll be uh, out of reach. I had that same, that same feeling that you described as like, oh, when I, when I'm healed, he'll be gone. Um, uh, the thing is, I don't think either of us are um, healed yet. Like, I don't think uh, it's not like we're oh, like, oh, now we have all our pieces and we're walking off in separate directions. Yeah, no. it's like we've it's just we've reached the end of the point where we can use each other. And, and now it's like the whatever, whatever the rest of our process is, is. Um, yeah, just not, not with each other, but, um, I feel like everything that you taught me and everything that I was mad about, that I didn't like, that I hate, that, you know, I'm angry about or resent all of that has made me better has changed uh and it's and i'm taking it all into wherever i go next um i don't have a collective though of people <laughs> that i'm building um i think i just want to be alone <laughs> I, uh, um, but uh you save that all um We're going to be in New York City December, <laughs> Thursday, December 19th at the Creek in the Cave. Uh, so if you want to come to our, you know, final show, together. The, the like, you know, the Beatles esque last show uh, together, you have to you have to come to that. What I would like to do, though, Jessa, is I we should. We have to record something else in like a year or two whatever i don't know what the exact date is but like uh i think an, an excellent epilogue at the end will like uh catch up on where we are and how like you know how i said like we're not done we just have to, we're done with the the part that we can do with each other i'd still like to i'd be really interested to follow up one day and see where we end up you know and do another episode someday can we talk about your what you're doing after this? Uh, I Jess really wants me to make a movie podcast, uh, and lots of people have said that, and I guess I probably will. I've started it, but it's uh, I don't know. I, lately, uh, I've just I don't know if that if that really is what I'm doing. I really I know that. Uh, not what you want to hear but i don't know if that's what i'm doing i uh i think oh, and this is stuff i was all i i'm gonna i'll just go in deeper on another thing but i'll i think my 2020 might look insanely different from the last two years and um i think i'm going to be 
way different. I think I might not be doing comedy as much. And I think I might not even be podcasting. <laughs> but if I am podcasting, I don't know. Like, I like, I do like talking about movies. I just saw Honey Boy. My God, is Honey Boy great for fans of this podcast and fans of Shia LaBeouf, like I am. So, I mean, I like it a little bit more because I'm a huge, huge fan of Shia. Always been a supporter. Everyone, like, you, like uh, a lot of people have never gotten back on the Shia train. They all fell off when he went crazy, right? But I was like, he's obvious why he's going crazy, duh. And this is the story of that. Like, And, it, and it's amazing. It's a, it's a movie about generational trauma passed on from our parents to us how we inherit it it's a movie about uh as an adult realizing uh for the first time that oh i got fucked up as a kid and i didn't i've been in denial about it and uh learning what your triggers are and tracing them back to childhood memories that you had that were really painful and it's like this all stuff that we did on this podcast and i and i love talking about it i'd love to talk about it but i just I've tried to record stuff and get like the, the plan was supposed to be that like, I would have my own podcast up and running by the time this ended, you know, so that we would, you know, you guys could keep following us. You could follow Jess at Soberish and you could follow me at, uh, mostly movies with Aaron Woodall is the only good title we came up with. I wanted to call it post credits, but that was already taken anyway. The whole plan was to have like something done so that we could, you know, we could keep these, uh, keep our fans and stuff, but, uh, um, I'm just, I'm struggling with just, you know, usual Aaron self doubt, you know, problem. Oh, no one wants to hear this. This is bad. This is dumb. I recorded, I've recorded a bunch of reviews and I'm like, this sucks. This is really dumb. Uh, I think it'll, uh, take me a while to find my footing on that you know but i am trying to be uh unlike aaron of old and just you know be okay with putting out a shitty product (laughs) just be like put out something bad and just you know keep doing it until it gets good so uh hopefully i'm brave and i do that but like uh um i mean i don't i don't know uh, I think like the things that uh, I want are like the priorities that I have are different. And uh, I'm like going to get a job or something. <laughs> and uh, I, I really want to go into detail about this, but we have to wrap up and record more and edit this and, put it out there so that everybody has something depressing to listen to this morning. <laughs> uh, dude, we are like, everybody's like seasonal affective disorder. We're just going to go ahead. It's just December's just going to be sad news on this podcast. I think that we'll have some fun memories that we laugh about as well. And hopefully we're not, uh, this depressing the whole time, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have a movie podcast, maybe. You can always... I don't know, man. I, uh... have been very public 
like with my thoughts and stuff. And, uh, I could, I don't know, use a break. I, um, so I like, uh, you, you know, just a movie podcast. Like that's even that right now, it seems, uh, like too much for me, but that's the most that I, like, I don't, I don't think I want, uh, an, a podcast like this that we've, that we did because, uh, I I think sharing all that stuff that was so personal and intimate and sharing it so publicly took a toll on me, you know. It's uh it's just like a it's like a uh a weight all the time that I know like the reason I never look at reviews uh and I never go back and listen to the podcast is cuz like I had to have the mentality in order to continue this thing, I had to forget the stuff that I said. Otherwise, it would eat me up, you know? Yeah. Like, to to just know that, like, all this stuff is out there and that people are listening to. Like, when we record, I try not to think about uh, other people, which I think uh, was much easier in the beginning when, you know, there wasn't anyone listening yet, you yeah. know? Uh, it got harder and harder as it went on, as you as I saw people commenting and saying things about uh, about me, about like, or, you know, interpreting my words and, and stuff, and, like, uh, reminding, constantly reminding me of stuff that uh, I didn't want to remember. And, uh, like, I'm very aware that, of why the podcast was helpful to, and, and like, I'm very proud of it too. I'm very, very proud of it. And that's what I wanted. That's what we set out to do was like, I knew that we were going to touch people that, that people were going to go, Oh my God, I felt that way. And this hits home. And, and, uh, and I, and they, I knew that they were going to love how vulnerable we were and uh, how much we shared and how real and authentic we were. I knew they were going to love that. And that's why they were going to listen. And that was going to be the draw of the podcast. And still though, uh, I don't know, like, like I know that we helped people, uh, people write us messages saying like, Hey, you know, this, this episode helped or this whole, we saved a lot of marriages with yeah the stuff we learned about attachment systems. I, uh, my favorites are from people that are leaving the Mormon church or felt, you know, and they're, and they're, uh, finding somebody that went through the same thing and it's helpful. And I love people that, you know, uh, you know, sharing the stuff about the psychopath free book helped a lot of people, yeah. uh, sharing stuff about my divorce and your divorce helped people process theirs, helped people understand their partner's previous, you know trauma and stuff all that helped people and i'm like really glad that we did it and i will never take it back but i don't know how helpful it was for me to do this publicly like uh you know it's probably best to like get a therapist and to like you know and just work on this one-on-one it's really difficult to uh to to share all this stuff it's difficult to have like people talk to me and they're like they then tell me that they listened to this thing like people like i like people in my life like people that i know my friends yeah they know all these things and uh it's difficult to get um you know messages 
the like you know the the suicide episode that we just did uh thank you guys for uh i got a lot of sweet messages and i appreciate it i really do uh so don't take this the wrong way i loved it like you were right to send me those messages you know i'm not saying anyway i really appreciate it thank you very much but just like the it's like uh you know, you could be having a day where you're just like, fine. And then uh, you get a message from somebody that uh, is like reminding you about uh, this time that you were like, you know, wanted to kill yourself. Right. And you're like, oh, shit, I didn't really want to think about that today. <laughs> I wasn't planning. I was just like, you know, going to have a normal day today. And now, I, you know, and like and then and then you don't want to be rude. Cause like this person took the time to like send you a message and then you like want to respond. And so then, and then now you're talking about it again. And now it's just like, you know, that's just one example. Right. It's like, I think, and that one, you know, wasn't that bad. I think more, the worst is like the older stuff. It's like when you want to talk about Tabitha to me or something, yeah. like, Oh, I didn't want to think about her today. Or especially when like on about stuff that we've changed on, like when somebody's like just started listening to the podcast, you know, and they're like, oh, Aaron, I loved all the stuff that you said about Tabitha in this episode. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's when she was tricking me, you know? Yeah, that's oh, that's when I was an idiot. And now I don't think that anymore. You know, uh, there was like uh, all these I'm just listing examples of things that have like why like the parts that are difficult about doing it publicly. And I'm like done uh with that so i'm just like i'll just i'll just talk about my thoughts on the irishman <laughs> uh have me as a guest on that episode uh dude today on twitter people are so mad that the golden globes nominated todd phillips as best director but not greta gerwig well there are no there are no female directors nominated for a golden globe and i get that the that it it's a a cooler I get why Todd Phillips is an excellent one to point out and be like, Todd Phillips got nominated, but Greta Gerwig, but like not a single person is mad at Martin Scorsese being nominated. And I don't get it. I feel like Irishman was bad guys. Uh, so many people love it that I'm like, what's wrong with me? What do I didn't? But I just feel like it's like, nostalgia. If, if, if it's, they're riding the wave of nostalgia. First of all, second of all, they didn't see it on the big screen because it, it's so much worse in a theater. That's the thing. It's like Martin thinks Martin's like, please don't watch it on Netflix. And I'm like, dude, that's the only reason why people are liking it is because they're watching it at exactly. home while they're like making Thanksgiving dinner and stuff, and they're distracted. You sit in a theater. For almost four hours, and it's you uh, feel the extra five lines of dialogue in every single interaction. You're like, could Anna could could Anna Pequin have le have fewer lines? <laughs> Honestly, uh, could, I, I'll cut anything out of this movie. Anything. Oh my god! But anyway, like if you like, people are like, I get it. You know why you pick Todd Phillips? But like Todd Phillips made a more interesting movie. Than Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese did the same thing he's always done, but worse. And uh, we're like, and he's like, he doesn't need to be nominated for a Golden Globe. He's fine. He's like, what? But uh, no one, no one's like, if we're if we're gonna make 
room for for women to be nominated yeah i would cut martin out before todd boom uh, oh now we're gonna get hate mail for this uh, uh they're coming back bring it again martin scorsese's one of my favorites the dep- if you ask me what my number what my favorite movie is I don't know. I'll probably not give you an answer, but The Departed could be is is a strong contender for my number one favorite movie. I'm just saying, uh, the uh, the Irishman. I just don't. I just do not get it. I don't get it. They're like they act, the the like the 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 reviews are like it goes places a gangster movie has never been before, and I'm like, what are you talking about? To the old folks' home. Yeah, I like the the idea that like you end up alone because like uh the the because your family uh resents you for your violent uh actions. I'm like, well, that's Godfather too. Like it's uh uh It was uh, Goodfellas bad. even. Like there's like there's there's plenty of uh gangster movies that touch on that. Just like uh I don't know. Martin Scorsese I don't think it's a, a best for me doesn't get a best director nod for uh just like like he just hung out with his his best friends. Rand Barcalo said millionaire playtime. Yeah. <laughs> and they just like all just mumbled around each other, just mumbled about you gotta get the guys, you gotta get the thing, you gotta get the Al Pacino <laughs> ate ice cream for thirty seven minutes of that movie. <laughs> Dude, you were talking about going places a mob mobster movie never has gone. The hotel check-in. That's we've never before seen. The mobsters check in <laughs> to their hotel. The whole last hour is just Robert De Niro aging and dying in real time. I was like, what are any of these scenes for? This movie should have ended. That's, well, here's the thing. I would have watched just that. A movie just about him old. I li- I liked all the stuff that, that of him old, but it is just like hard because I've already been in the theater for three hours. <laughs> you know, I was just like I was way more interested in the stuff at the end. Like I like him buying a casket. I like him think- talking about like how he would rather be put into a crypt than in the ground because it's he stays there longer. Like uh, those are interesting things, right? Oh, uh, I was fully tweeting by then. I wasn't <laughs> even hardly. I I, I like that stuff. Uh, but, uh, it's all the, all the stuff that came before it was, was total shit. They're like, uh, oh, you, you there's a fish in the car. Was there a fish in the car? You put a fish in the car. There was a fish in the car. Why is there a fish in the car? Again, that was a part that was funny. I liked that part. There was a little, and there was 10, like everything that came then, I guess we're good, you know, spoiler alert for the (laughs) Irishman. Uh, there's everything that came after like when, when, uh, they, you know, he had to kill Jimmy Hoffa. I'm like, whew. That's that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, the the stuff that that sucked was uh, yeah the two hours and fifty minutes before that yeah was just like uh, just bogus weak ass gangster shit. It wasn't good by any means. And like oh he blew up a car. Who gives a shit? Oh I shot the, the softest the curb stomp in the history. That's the weird, the weirdest old man. He had chicken, like his arms were out like chicken wings as he was stomping this guy. And then he's just, he's just stomping his hand, I guess, because he couldn't get his, I don't know. Yeah. It was the CGI faces are so much worse on the big screen. I laughed through the first 45 minutes of the movie just at the faces and the faces, you can't tell yeah. how long when is he's this like, movie? when he's a soldier, when he's a soldier and he's like, <laughs> I don't get it, man. They always just sit there and dig their own hole. And I'm like, yeah, because a monster face 
He's telling the monster face is pointing a gun at them. I, I'd be like, okay, sure, I'm dig this hole. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I. Uh, it's very possible that uh, that we didn't get it, and you, everyone else is is correct. But uh, I I don't know. I think I wanted to like it. I went to a theater because I was like, I'm going to see this the way Martin intended. I'm going, you know, I'm not going to just watch it on my laptop. I'm going to go to the big screen. There wasn't a single person in the theater that I think enjoyed it. Like there it, were people there, sleeping. I went to there a were recliner. People, there kind? were so many people that like uh, were sighing. Uh, like it, there was a woman next to me that was just like. <laughs> uh, like every time that the movie continued people were pulling out their phones and these this is this is opening night of the martin of, of the big these are all martin scorsese fans that are, i would right. guess i don't know i didn't pull them but i'm like seeing people pull out phones in a theater people like there was no like excited chatter afterwards everyone just was like huh well okay yeah all right i was uh, at a recliner theater that i got tickets to and um yeah that's the most <laughs> what are you talking about like you got tickets for free it's like a restaurant okay with these like power recliners and um they just built it so they gave out free tickets so my parents had free tickets oh. and so that's why i was going to the movies in the first place but then i couldn't reserve the seats with the free tickets so i ended up buying tickets but anyway um I was sitting next to two people. These recliners were huge. Mm -hmm. And there's two people curled up, just dead the fuck asleep for most of the movie. <laughs> and then a guy who was awake and maybe into it. And then next to him, his girlfriend kept falling asleep. And every time she would fall asleep, she would loudly snore and then wake herself up. And then the theater would chuckle. It was, it was fucking great. <laughs> uh, we don't want this podcast to end, obviously. So we're just never going to end this episode. Mm. We're right at uh, two hours. This thing? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Who the fuck are we? Martin Scorsese. Just as did, any, did anyone see silence? Like I just like people saying this is his best. This is his That's masterpiece. Insane. This I was like I would rank so many uh Scorsese movies over this. The only one I would put beneath it, Gangs of New York. Thumbs down still. I have this, this you is, need a movie podcast. I knew, do need a movie podcast. I tried to. I just gave it another chance. I think it's my third time watching Gangs of New York because it seems on paper like the movie that I would love. It seems on paper like it should work, and it doesn't. It really, it really. Do. Number one, it's the most dated looking movie of Martin Scorsese, I think. And I've seen Mean Streets. Like it looks like you can you just watch that movie and you know. This is an early 2000s. The sets are bad. The extra, there's so many extras, right? It's a huge undertaking. I can respect right. that. But the extras are bad. They're distractingly bad. The fighting, the action, the violence is super bad. The, the, the fight that they do, and it's just like the corniest, cheesiest fuck. Like the opening fight should be fucking cool. Should be, this, this is what I'm here for. And it's really, really fucking the the fight choreography is terrible. It's really, really bad. Uh, obviously, there's some great acting performances. There's some great costumes, uh, but like, uh, I don't know. Now, now I'm on. I've now I've forgotten all the things that I. I felt like I had better points, but it's just like, I don't. I don't get it. I don't like it.
You can hear more about Gangs of New York mm. on Mostly Movies with Aaron Woodall. Someday, maybe. Don't push me. It'll be a- Just kidding. I think it's great if you want to leave the business. I think you should do it. <laughs> it makes you happy. Uh, I do feel like... What will have this been for? Like, I, I'm... Like, I... I I pictured this podcast going on so much longer. I pictured it, uh, you know, and I pictured us building careers off of it. And I feel like you will. Like, I feel like you've got a, a great foundation and stuff. And I feel bad, like, oh, uh, like this will have been for nothing for me if I don't, if I don't have something, if I don't have another project that starts after this then like all the people that like me right now are just going to forget about me and that, you know, I'll have to like start from uh square one whenever I come up with my next thing. But I don't have any other ideas like that. Like, and you're excited about this. You got this thing that you're excited about. And I don't, this is Mormon of the methods. The only project that I've ever just believed in and was excited about and knew exactly what it was and I was just ready to you know how hard it is for me to jump in on anything yeah and I jumped in I like was like hiring people to make artwork and to make a song and to uh I had this whole vi- I just started and I just went and uh, uh I don't feel that way about this movie podcast you know and I don't know what it is yet and I don't know what I want to do but I am afraid that like oh I'll have sunk so much money and so much time into Mormon and the Method. And uh, like at one point I thought, you know, we were going to sell the show. Yeah. And we were going to, you know, I was going to get rich off of this podcast. And uh, instead I'm in more debt than I've ever been. And uh, I don't want it to be for nothing. I want to, you know, keep these fans and, you know, when I'm, do shows that like you know they i can like i would like to still be able i want to still be able to tour and stuff but like you have to have some place to announce your dates to make you know like uh and that's the main focus behind doing the movie podcast right now it's like oh i just gotta have something gotta have something but uh i can't believe we're still going jess (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i don't want to die i want a green casket I don't don't put me in the ground. <laughs> I want my daughter to talk to me again. Uh, so check this out. If you want, we're right now going to record a Patreon episode where we go into more depth about everything that we just did. Can you believe that? Uh, and uh, that's going to be available uh, later today. You know, maybe right now it's going to be up on Patreon. Uh, then. We have two more episodes that are gonna come out uh the next two weeks. Also more Patreon episodes. And uh and we have a show Thursday, December nineteenth in New York City, Creek in the Cave. And uh I don't know. Stick around, follow all that stuff. And uh the final episode on December thirty first is an episode that we recorded at the very beginning. Uh, two years ago. And, and we, I and was we, on acid and I was like, I wasn't publicly doing psychedelics yet. And so I was like, well, this can't come out. And then we talked a lot about our connection and 
we weren't comfortable talking about that yet and so we're like this will be the final episode of the podcast yeah we called it back then we were like we'll save this we saved it as like the titles like final episode we've had it just sitting and we've always known that that was going to be the last thing that we uh that we put out and uh uh i really thought it was going to be in like a decade (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh two years is enough i guess yeah. Anyway. Just the time. That's the decade. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan. Uh, and uh, so we'll catch you next time on Mormon and the Method. If you put a Mormon and a Method together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just a radar. Listen to them talking to Mike Mormon and the 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 Mormon